Welcome back. We are here. <laughs> that was really I feel stupid. like I've been away. You welcomed me back. Like All I right. went on some journey to a faraway land. Nope. <laughs> Collect yourself, daughter. I'm trying. Okay. Our job is to help you win. The destination is I will be a disciple who can make disciples. We got to watch people see themselves as world changers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Disciples Made podcast. My name is Hannah Phipps. I am the podcast director, and I am joined. Queen. I am joined with my father. Stop. You're embarrassing me, Dad, again. Um, I am joined by my dad, Brian Phipps. And today we are going to talk about how Disciples Made began to expand outside of Westside Family Church. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys back and Let's just dig in. So, how did expanding outside of the church get started? And walk me through that. The things were happening in Westside a lot faster than I thought they would. I mean, they, it was, like I said, I didn't start out to, or set out to start a ministry. I just set out to multiply some groups. But the multiplication kept happening. We got up to about 700 folks that went through these in a matter of six years. And so word was starting to get around. I actually was fortunate during that time to have been invited to be a part of a group of small group leaders. In fact, Steve Gladen, who is currently and has been for a long time, the discipleship guy out at Saddleback in Southern California had invited me to be one of his regional leaders in the small group network. And one of the real privileges and bonuses we got for being on that team was the ability to go down and participate in some trainings that he had going on in Southern California. And one of the big privileges of being on that team was the ability to be exposed to some really significant influencers in the world and hear them talk to us about how we could do what we were doing even better. And one of those guests that he had come in and speak to us was Michael Gerber. If you're a business person, you know the Michael Gerber name. He wrote the E-Myth. He was the guy that helped the McDonald's uh, folks create systems to make them go from like one restaurant or a few restaurants to this world empire. Wow. And uh, yeah, he was there and he was talking to us. There wasn't more than a hundred or so people in the room. And I remember being in that room, Rio Capistrano, I think is the name of their retreat center where we were at. And I remember the chair I was sitting in and I remember as Michael Gerber was talking, he kept saying, you know, my systems are to help people build systems for multiplication and, and, and to be scalable and reproducible. And he said, you, you church people with this small group idea, there's nothing more scalable and reproducible and people are passionate about it. And you've, and there's so many people in your churches. If you just made this scalable and reproducible, scalable, reproducible, he kept saying those two words over and over and over again about small groups. And I, and And I wasn't just taking in information. I just felt like I was just making my heart beat, scalable, reproducible, scalable. Those are the things I want you to do. And I was like, well, we're doing that in the church. And it was just so crystal clear that I want this to be something beyond the church. Mm-hmm. He started giving me a heart for that. And that, that was overwhelming to me. It's like, I didn't think we would have this. And now you're asking me to like take this out beyond. I don't even know how to do that. So a lot of the other people after that talk was over, stayed in, did, you know, singing and talking and hanging out to me. Uh, that was such a highly disconcerting thing. I just went out. It was nighttime. I just went out on the lawn and sat down by the lake and just said, God, what do you want? And so he clarified that that's kind of what he wanted. And I said, well, to do that, we're going to have to leverage 
you know, technology. We're going to have to leverage the internet. People are going to have to learn how to do this from a, like a web app. And, and that's the only way we can deliver these things in a scalable format, like he's talking about. And then he said, all right, well, I've got some people for you. And I said, well, I think I'll need a tech guy. I'll need a couple of business consultants. I'm going to need a finance guy. If you can give me the names of people to ask, I'll ask them. And if, and if you give those people the burden to join me in this, then, then I'll do it. You know, that, that, that felt like a plan. So I came back to Kansas city from Southern California. I made three, five requests. I got five all ins and that's how we started to develop the technology and start to invite people into this process with us. I think you're missing one part of that. What, what part is that? Um, the video aspect. (laughs) I think there's one very important person that you're failing to mention there. Yeah. Being the podcast queen isn't the first role you've had. We did record a lot of videos to help people learn how to start these groups. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird thinking about it going back. What was it like my sophomore year of high school? Yeah. And you're 27 years ago, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and I think, numbers. So we created the the you know the web platform in order to do that. And man, the people that joined me back then, Mike Tanner and Jordan Chambers helped build the initial Way app. Back. Wow, pioneers always will be grateful uh, for them and their investment into this. Uh, Dave McNeil kind of helped us run the books, and several friends of mine, Paul Ward and Ted Davis, and others really taught me a lot about business early on. And then that name, that list has been added on to you know over the years, of course. But those guys were the early guys to step in and do this thing with me. And then some of the first churches that were crazy enough to step into this were really fun. But here's where the real test took place. I was concerned that what would happen well at Westside simply because I was there to make them happen might not happen um, in other settings without kind of me being there driving it. And so one of the biggest surprises was we trained people, you know, how to use the invitation process, pray for two weeks, you know, pray for light bulbs to go on top of people's heads and then make the big ask to those that God showed you, you know, through the light bulbs. And I was like, oh, will this work in business? They call that proof of concept does it work you know outside mm-hmm. and I'll never forget when those people started coming back saying I was so scared to make those invitations I was certain people would turn me down but I prayed I looked for the light bulbs I actually saw the light bulbs that was crazy and then I made the invites and those people didn't reject me they said I have been praying for weeks for an opportunity to really start to advance so all the things that we had experienced at Westside like the crazy spiritual growth that started happening in multiple churches. And I thought, okay, okay. God wants to take this thing out. So that's how that happened. That's awesome. And do you have like a particular church in mind that like really did a great job of grabbing this and like running with it? Yeah, there were several here in Kansas City and then others, you know, around the country started to do it as well. But the one that I'd pick up the most that probably took it the furthest was a church called The Summit. Angie Bartlett was the discipleship director at the time, small group leader. And Patty Bowie, who's now one of our advocates, you know, on the Disciples Made team, advocate for women and women's ministries and a voice into this um, organization, uh, was kind of her right-hand person. And they actually got to four generations. But I remember being with that very first group. They were going to kick off a Followers Made. And we didn't have the videos ready yet for the information huddle. So I actually went to Lee's Summit and sat with them 
them who were going to go through uh, Followers Made. And I did the information on Patty's back porch, actually. And there was this guy named Craig Jordison, who was the one man who was going to team up with these 14 women and go through Followers Made. And Craig now is a big part of Disciples Made. He's been helping us develop business practices to support uh, this ministry, the attraction stuff. So Craig's just awesome too. So it's kind of fun to see that not only from within West Side, but also from the churches that tried these things outside of West Side, have come a lot of these people that support the business to go even beyond. It's awesome. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to add? The only thing I'd say here is, uh, you know, as we start to unfold these bonus episodes, the picture just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. If if I would have started with, I want you to have a not-for-profit business one day that serves all these different churches around the country, I would have... Nope. I'd have probably died. But, you know, just a, a... a continued obedience in the same direction over a long period of time results in some pretty incredible things. So I just look forward to sharing the rest of these things with you as we go along. Perfect. We will see you next week for episode four.